You're about to listen to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This effort is made possible by our monthly supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif to become a monthly patron and help us to make more projects like this. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Wissam Sharif podcast. My name as always is Brother Jawad Khan here with Imam Wissam Sharif. Assalamu alaikum Wissam. How are you doing this morning? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Fantastic Jawad. Barakallahu feekum to you and to all of our listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Friends, may that sense of infinite purple abundance pour upon you. I call it salam. May it vibrate around you in blues and greens, in air and earth. And may salam emanate deep within you from the red and orange core within all of us. We've got almost got a rainbow there. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to everyone. How's it going with you, Jawad? How's the, how's the mood? Maybe we should just jump into a quick disclaimer for our listeners, moms and dads out there. If you're yeah. hearing my voice, uh, today's topic, if, triggered, uh, if anyone has triggers towards death, the discussion of death, uh, then today would be important. And parents, if you can hear me out there, uh, kiddos, go ahead and uh, make sure 13 and under, it would be greatly appreciated to have a parent with you or choose to listen to this again uh, with a family member because there might be things that you need to unpack. So with that being said, uh, as always, no apologies, no holding back. Um, please, Jawad, let's begin today. Inshallah. So for those who don't know, the Wissam Sharif podcast is a weekly look into and behind the unique work of Imam Wissam Sharif and his team's pursuit to teach the world to build a Quranic lifestyle. Come join us and discover recitation, memorization, mental mastery, perfecting physique, and living abundantly connected to Allah at all times. Uh, and inshallah, as Wissam was saying, um, today, I'm not sure how uh, specific we're going to get, but we will be referencing the the incident that happened in Dallas. I think uh, as you're listening to this, it may be about a month ago um, uh, of the family uh, who went through a, quite a bit uh, of a tragedy. Um, and with some, you can kind of take that if you'd like. Absolutely, friends. I think even more for those of you who want to unpack this with us who might be overseas, because I please don't. There's no mm -hmm. reason to Google. How how do you deal? A calamity came to Jawad and I's mm -hmm. doorstep. Why not? We introduce that way. That calamity, whatever the details are, right, friends, mm -hmm. listeners, whatever the situation is, it, it hurts. And the situation got a little bit closer to home as we as a community in North America are dealing with a, a Muslim family who had a diff who had a tragedy. Today, we want to talk about how we dealt with it, how we are still in the present moment unpacking it. So if I could, um, Jawad, paint the picture to say, my 11-year-old son came to me, Jawad, and he referenced the situation in tears. But the tears for an 11-year-old Muslim child, you can't throw, well, his iman must be high because his dad is X, Y, or Z. No, as mm. any child, he asked me a really amazing question that scared me. He said, how do I know that won't happen to me? And that, uh, Jawad, the, how do I know that, you know, uh, su suicide or uh, murder or death or gun violence would ha uh, not happen to me? And for some reason in my head, it horrified me that I was sure in my mind, I was like, of course, like I dared not say it, but I was like, of course not. Like the, the, you have Quran in your house and we pray mm -hmm. and we X and we Y. But I, I, and I looked at my kid and all of the reasons that made me feel like that grief wasn't real, Jawad, mm -hmm. it just made it, I, I, it made it look darker. When I looked at my mm -hmm. kid, I was like, no, I can't superimpose my religiosity. So if I could, Jawad, I'm going to plaster something here at the top, kind of so mm -hmm. everyone can hear it. A calamity happened in our area and Jawad and I, two thinkers, creators, to producers found that it almost became a platform to bring up your topic. And this is why, da, 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 da. And, and, and I, jo, Jawad and I both separately had the thoughts, Jawad can, we both agree, not mm. tasteful, not tasteful. Mm. Yeah. Not what we wanted to be. 
So the first thing I'm going to say today to every one of the listeners, whether you're presently, who knows, Jawad, by the time people are listening to this, they could be in a new situation of tragedy, calamity, uh, uh, impossible thoughts that are not processable. So whenever you reach it, the real question for us became, we are not going to conclude today or entertain the thought today of preaching to you or telling you how to think because I believe that's the emotional uh, blackmail or kidnapping. Someone's going to mm. kidnap your emotions here and tell you, well, this is why that happened. And that's why you should do this. Uh, you should pray more. And it's like, mm. uh, and, no. And I think, and I think this is in the tradition of our podcast. And I think where you and I have come to, which is what we fight against and what we fight for, I think is this idea of, uh, I'm not perfect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, and I try to have a good opinion of him, of source. And so because I put all of that on him, of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everything, musta'an, he is the only one from which help is sought. I can then be vulnerable enough to not have answers or to not know exactly how to respond to these things. And I think it's very easy for adults, for parents, for anybody discussing anything with any type of other religious people, we try to default to having that answer, that fatwa, that and like, and it's it's easy to say to even a crying child, you know, something quick and just based on your thing of just like, no, no, no that won't happen to you, or you know, no, 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 it's it's okay, just pray to Allah. It's like, oh no, no, it's okay, like just throwing some religious type of like catch-all answer. Don't you remember uh, Musa alayhi salam didn't know all the answers and <laughs> and the, and Khizr possibly alayhi salam taught him, right? Instead of that, I, I think you and I are saying, don't give an answer. Let people grieve. Let people feel their feeling. Yeah, ex exactly. And I think that that's, that's part of our tendency here is that like, that's what we would prefer people to come to that idea of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us through tests as a community also as and, and the test is not meant to, to put you in a state of saying, I know the, like, okay, here's a huge test. I know exactly how to respond and exactly the answer and exactly the judgment and ruling to you. Like, that's not the point of it. Allah puts us in tests so that we can be put into a state of remembering our need for him and our absolute helplessness and powerlessness before him. Because that if you're feeling that way, when you read this, if you're a parent, if you're a community member and you're just like, I have no idea how to prevent this, how to process, like all of that feeling can be ibadah. It can be because it's an acknowledgement of your, you know, our imperfectness uh, in this way. And that's, uh, that's why, how we want to approach this is this, we, this is how we're processing. This is how we're reflecting. This is how we're trying to move forward, uh, you know, from this news and from, from this tragedy. I, I mean, and I think it's fair for us to say, we're trying to unpack this together without without um, kidnapping your emotions. Is that fair? We're, we, mm -hmm. we would li like to be able to share um, in the emotions that uh, gr gr grief is something as a community we don't allow to happen because fasabrun jamil. It's almost like mm. the white knight of uh, patience and sabr somehow trumps the emotion of but i feel sad and that's sadness is a, there's a void like there, there's an mm -hmm. emptiness i need to be able to feel i think what we're asking is can we connect our feeling time to god uh, to just stop and be like allah i have no idea i don't know what to tell my son oh allah why would something like this happen Oh Allah, it, 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 is it you know is inner peace achievable? What, what what is you know? Oh, people are now writing notes and le making videos and posts, uh, subdating uh, Facebook posts. Like if you are mm. reading this, I am no longer alive. And these are happened. That's another scenario that happened months ago. If you are reading this, and people, the scenarios are getting more and more. Uh, they're explaining, I am depressed mm -hmm. and because of my depression, no one took care of me and people mm -hmm. shunned me. And the words that I've been hearing, Jawad, is, and my friends and people around me didn't know how hard it would be to, to be with, I guess it sounds like a, mm -hmm. what a depressed person would write, but to put up with a depressed person. And, and so to me, that's the weighty part it is 
we need to be able to say that on an individual level, ultimately depression is getting more and more clear, describable, uh, visible, mm -hmm. and entertainment, TikTok, uh, ecstasy, happiness. When I say ecstasy, just entertainment, constant entertainment. You're happy and you're giddy. You're always laughing. You're pranking. Like this is a generation, and please, Joad, curtail me if I'm if I am throwing shade, I am trying to say the ultimate sentence is, even though happiness is available in abundance, it seems to be that sadness is still happening. The apex of our conversation we would like to conclude on is, is source, are you constantly upgrading your opinion of source? So even in times of darkness, you, you can go there because ultimately mm -hmm. drugs, entertainment, movies, music, and your friends don't lead to ecstasy and happiness, enlightenment, inner peace, joy. But source ends up, whether it be from the monks or the, the men of the past, the, the spiritual sages, males and females, they all came down to the unity with source oneness of of god or knowing uh, knowing god so jawad could you could we start to unpack that maybe bring in some of the things we were talking about right before the podcast started can we make the connection that we are in a hyper entertained time not to anyone's negation guys tiktok away enjoy your life yolo but it seems like living as if this is the only life doesn't lead to any real form of joy how can we then make a neuro connection jawad that not following religion and ticking every box but entertaining the source uh, of religion, knowing God, can I, can I make the jump? Is it possible? Yeah, I think so. It's, I think the, the essence of what you were mentioning too is like we have like the lowest lows and the highest highs right now in terms of uh, there's a cultural uh, imperative to enjoy and have fun and to experience happiness because honestly, in, in all honesty, there's an industry of happiness in every other industry where it's just we are being sold all the time here's the way to be happy and we are being sold products that absolutely guarantee that we will not last in our happiness because they need to keep selling to us and so there's that there's that imperative that happens where it's like we you need to keep being happy and the way that you're doing it is through these temporal means temporal means temporal means and then at the same time we are finally having discussions uh, about depression and about the these lower states and whether it's you know what what however we ca cause the, like the causing and sourcing of these things because there is that exists you know chemical imbalances and these types of things but there's also a combination of generational trauma that may have never been addressed or never been brought in uh trauma that happens every day when it comes to what we're exposed to and what we uh, uh go through and then not being able to even have the tools to work on that i think is really what we we also are kind of honing in on here which is that there's elements i think of people's lives these days and especially with with kids and people of this generation sometimes where we look at it and we see um and i think i, f I found this with even people in my life where it's like they, because there's a validation with mental illness now, which alhamdulillah, that's steps in the right direction of people acknowledging these things, but especially right. a young mind that's undeveloped, they're approaching these things and they're getting kind of bombarded with all of them to say like, maybe that mental illness is a definition of me. And it's, there's no other, like, maybe the last generation could deal with religion. Maybe the last generation could deal with positive habits and they're like trying to build my life better, like all those other stuff. But we, you know, maybe they just didn't have medication. And that's what I need now. And there, and although that may be an element of what someone needs in terms of healing and that types of things, I think there's a lack of that holistic view of uh, being able to, to build a life of inner peace and build a life holistically from all these different elements rather than I think and, it, and and it's not to the fault of any of these you know people who are going through these things especially this younger generation because it's a matter of 
they're young and literally they think the solution is here. Like if it makes me feel better, it makes me feel better. So that's why I'm going to, you know, stay up all night and watch this thing, or I'm going to, you know, hang out with just my friends and to the detriment of like hanging out with my family. Like I don't see the point in really trying to get, get to know my family or understand them well uh, because they're not serving my need right now. But it's like, and I, I say that, and again, it sounds like we're throwing shade, but it's like, do you throw shade at your five-year-old for not knowing how to do something? It's like, do you throw shade at your 20-year-old for not knowing how to deal with tragedies of life? And they walk every, like, they just went through COVID. This, this, there's a yeah. lot going on. And if we're not prepping our children to not just pray at a problem, like if we're not prepping them to understand that this life has difficulty and tragedy and it's very complex these days, it's not just you know, the enemy is coming to fight us, you know. It's not just sitting in patience though, right? It's not just mm-hmm. patience yeah. in sitting and waiting for, and waiting through it. Yeah, and even as you said, Fasab and Jamil, and you're like, people are like, they use that against people who are in grief or going through difficulty to tell them like, hey, calm down. I think of in Surah Yusuf, Yaqub al-Islam literally yelling at his kids saying like, leave me alone. I'm I'm complaining to God. I'm crying by myself. Like, why are you guys telling me Sabr and Jamil? I said that word. <laughs> So, uh, like, don't don't feed it back to me. Um, so let's see if we can. Uh, there's a couple of places to go with this. See if you can unpack this with me. The analogy is, friends, and you can look this up. Antacid medication, some of the top ones that you've watched during this uh, commercials on primetime TV. Jawad, we fed them to people these antacids. Eat this pill, and then as n- not change your diet. You know, it'll take care of the burn in your stomach. So a generation ate this pill and that allowed them to eat whatever they want without the spirit, the, the information about, the, uh, about what foods they should be eating. And I gave away the, the analogy there that without the spiritual shift, it's just, you know, uh, religion has become a, a joke, right? Something you can joke about and everything's fun because the industry of happiness is selling it back. Now, 20 years later, it's uh, lawsuits after lawsuits, payouts after payouts of on pharmaceutical companies who are now having to deal with stomach ulcers and cancers because you blocked one thing, right? So here's where the analogy of you got happiness in the now again, 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 but you got no way to deal with grief, right? You got only happiness, joy, 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 but no way to deal or process grief. So then when there wasn't a product to sell you because of your pain, I'm sure they'll come up with one to lift you from pain. The analogy is such that Jawad, I I believe our the present time we live in, we're taking the antacid of spiritual reflux. Like I do something, I feel guilty. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put down religion. It's just a joke. Can you help? If you can, if the metaphor works for you, Jawad, what is the, we're taking the spiritual pill. What's the consequence? And so to me, the consequence is the lot is you disconnect from God further and further. The darkness leads to your own state of I'm alone. What is the consequence, Jawad, of keep eating Tums and fire Doritos at the same time? Tums, Doritos, Tums, Doritos. Can you make the analogy to your spirit? What do we do constantly by cutting off from God? Uh, that was that was the analogy to see if I can make it work. It works so well. In- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I just it's the same. It's the same thing we sometimes say about like growth, uh, uh, personal growth, and these types of things. Which is that in anything, like uh, you're either growing or dying. Like this is the thing where it's like you're not. You can never be stagnant. So it's like you're trying to put in you know one thing in your body or one thing into your spirit. And then if you put the opposite thing or the thing that's going to hurt it, whatever it is, you, you think that you're kind of staying stable, but at some point, always the harm of it always ends up getting taken over because consistently harming or uh, intention to not try to remove it, you know, whatever it may be, whatever sin or difficulty you may be going through, uh, uh, or, or just, you know, di- uh, you know, that those types of habits, um, yeah. it's, it's, we always encourage tawbah and we always encourage always coming back and the come, like fall down seven times, get up eight, but that seven and eight are not equal. Eight is the getting up. It has yeah. to, at some point it has to be the, the, the spirit has to keep coming back. And I think that 
if you approach spirituality with that mentality of, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll give an example here that like, subhanAllah in high school, there was a friend, a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> literally I would call him when I was cursing. And then he would say, no, no, he, he literally, <laughs> literally told me, he's like, hey, listen, I can say bleep and then say it stuck for Allah and I'm all good. And I could say it as many times as I want to and you can't say nothing. And I'm like, okay, I could slap you in the face and say, I'm sorry. And I could slap you in the face again and say, I'm sorry. And you're going to be cool with that. And you're doing that to Allah. Like literally I had to like explain that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And I, I think though, uh, in, uh, an older Jawad now might even call him on his bluff and be like, okay, do it. I might actually slap him in the face. <laughs> he was older than me. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Like I'm call kidding. him on. <laughs> call him on the bluff of so then curse and every time you do then make it stick far no, and, no i would now for sure yeah i'd say i'll be like that's actually pretty good you're better than a lot of people actually <laughs> like you'll end up making a lot of thicker and end up just saying wait i could just make thicker in both situations right yeah i think that's that's our that's, that would be our advice at this point because it's the the spiritual advice of like just never give up uh, I think at the time what I was reacting to was like, you're honing in on this mentality of I can do whatever I want as long. It's, it's the, you know, Jesus died for my sins mentality that we see. It's yeah. this idea of like, listen, I'm already taken care of. I like, as long as I believe this thing, then I'm already taken care of whatever it is. And it doesn't really require much action or change on my part. And it's like, that's, that's cool. But the problem is this is also th that, like you were saying, the happiness in the now, I think yeah. everybody wants you and Shaitan wants you to think short-sighted. And, and what that reminded me of was just this idea of, I think people get this impression that uh, you're being sold happiness in the now. And we're saying that may lead to unhappiness in the future and to the, the, the very near future and or the ultimate future. Oh. And, but the opposite is not true of like, we're not saying don't seek happy. Like if you seek happiness in the akhirah, in the far future, it means complete unhappiness now. Because it's some people say only I want good in this life and that's all they see. But then Allah says some people get good in this life and the next life and they ask to be saved from the fire because you can have good, but ultimate good is also being saved from the ultimate bad. And so it's like this holistic view of things. And it's like, sometimes I think when we think we're going to take any type of religious uh, like if I take a step toward religion, whatever it is, it's a step away from happiness. It's a step away from like, and there is a growing pain sometimes if you're trying to get delve into it, where it's like, you have to leave off some things, some friendships get a little bit more distant, some habits get a little bit farther. You do have to find ways to fill in the gaps of what may have made you happy before, but it, it's it's the same in the same way that you're trying to get healthy and active and whatnot. It's like, man, but I really miss, you know, putting marshmallows between Doritos between like what, like I really miss that thing. And it's like, man, uh, is it worth this life to feel happy, healthy and be able to actually lift, you know, my child and like do these things uh, right. for that little thing. It's like, no, no, you're leaving off things that were hurting you anyway. They may feel good in the moment, but they were ultimately hurting you. And we're dealing with things that are going to help you feel good you know, now and forever, inshallah. Uh, Allahumma, I mean, and so my point on that, friends, the analogies keep coming back to like food and diet. And I, I want you now to go straight in, friend. Oh, listener, are you addressing the situation, the state of ease? Because we want an easy life, right? Are you discussing the state of ease that is in your heart? Because the opposite of the ease is the dis-ease. And the disease of the heart, yes, the mm -hmm. play on the words is for you, the, the, the listener, Jawad, for them to be like, am I addressing my heart? It, it, the one, it's not don't use social media or uh, read more books on, on purifying your heart. But are you asking yourself on a daily basis, how is my light? It's asking yourself, how spiritual do I feel? Kind of, it's kind of ho hokey. But how about, how is my light? Am I lights on a dimmer? Mm -hmm. Am I using my light? And am I doing something to connect with God spiritually? And this, Jawad, is where you hear, you know, a sheikh or a sahabi learned one thing from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then they went and did that thing. Like mm -hmm. they went and read, oh my Lord, we ask you for the good of this world and the good of the hereafter. 
Now imagine like truly knowing that as opposed to the religious person who are like, Jawad, there are 24 Rabbanas and there are, here's the vocabulary and the grammar and time and place of revelation. And that's literally a description of a course that I teach. <laughs> and, but what about the person who says, this is the, the one dua, the, the one action. So it's not mm -hmm. just a supplication. The I sit quietly and I say, Astaghfirullah. Or I say, I'm present. Oh, my creator, I'm present. Because even if the you don't know a certain word, you don't know astaghfirullah, you don't know, thank you, Allah, alhamdulillah, how awesome is Allah, subhanallah. Right? You don't know those phrases? Fair enough. Could you say I'm present? And so to me, Jawad, the discussion of diseases and dis-ease in your heart, if you're doing something and your heart is not ease, you're not comforted, and you kind of... Jawad, what do we do to our heart? We just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll get mm -hmm. to that feeling later. But we get, yeah. we go right through that feeling of, nah, Jawad, don't feel, I, this is, this is a lot, bro. We're going there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the hadith of, of uh, sin is something that wavers within your heart, that it fluctuates within your heart. And that's, that's the, that feeling is, is part of the fitrah. It's part of that natural human uh, connection that in the early stages of approaching something that, that, uh, you may not know the ruling or whatever of it, but you can feel like uh, this doesn't feel right uh, in these early stages. If you persist in that thing, it gets a lot easier for your heart because you've blocked it up a lot. But it, it, in the early stages, you feel that. It's that yeah. block. It's that block that we're discussing. Uh, the mufti of the heart is the way that I've always heard it. The the mm -hmm. judge of the heart uh, is the first judge. Like you, how do you know if something's halal or haram? Now this is a little scary because someone's like, "Oh yeah, my heart tells me. My heart tells me a lot yeah, of that's things." That's the yeah, yeah. That's that. The consult your heart one is like that was to a very older Sahaba who <laughs> has spent some life and knows quite a like. He's like, "You are at a stage where you can do this now because your heart you've you've cultivated it to be able to sense these things, and that's part of that. But that is also the first thing that you're." Fitra will feel too when you're when you're uh, approaching things is that um, that feeling in your heart you know whatever it may be because even if you've deluded yourself it's still sometimes hard to say like no 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 my heart feels really good about this like eh, I don't think that it reaches that point <laughs> I don't think it, yeah it, uh, my I, uh, my brain has logically explained it away to my heart uh, that's mm -hmm. that's about as far as you can get but uh, now if we say to to the greater topic, Jawad, this inner discussion that we just had, it's, un it's uncomfortable. It's not, everyone doesn't know where to start because there's no tangible at the end. So I would mm -hmm. say first off our discussion and how we unpack this, and I believe Jawad uh, did the same in his own way. I went back to my Lord. I was like, whoa, Allah, I don't know. And Jawad said this at the beginning. I don't know. I don't have an answer for my child. I don't know. But all I can say is I am not going to pass a judgment on something you did. I, in my opinion of source, I don't play his secretary. I don't play the secretary mm. of source. Well, God did this because they and used to, you know, this happened. We're, we're not, we're not the press secretary of the law where you have to come out and tell all the press like, so Islam says this and this happened. So, you know, like. We're not, you're not the prophet of God. Even the prophets of God said nothing unless they got revelation from Allah or inspiration. Exactly. So for, for us, as, a, for us uh, uh, as people who are going through the process of healing, I'm asking us all to not ask what happened to them, but just like the companion who asked the prophet, peace be upon him, when the day of judgment was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the day of judgment was, Jawad, what was the answer of the Prophet ﷺ when he was asked, so when, when is the day of judgment? You know a lot of things. When, when is this day of judgment? He said, what have you prepared for it? Allahumma amin. So amin. are you uh, willing to, because the cool thing about every story, and this is why we said no details, because there is someone who's going to be like, but did you know what they wrote in that letter? Do you know what happened in this? Do you know? And so the details of every scenario make it salacious. Mm. 
tabloid. Have you heard? Have you heard the big news? Yeah. Yeah. The, about whatever it is asked for. Yeah. And and what was the big news of the time was the talking of the day of judgment. But there's always a big news. There's a story within a story, and I'm sure there'll be a great like NPR or a uh, an online breakdown, another podcast of someone who will break down what was read, what was said. But to me, it comes full circle. Oh, they were on medication and this happened and that. Okay, those are all. But what are you doing now that we hear again and again that no one is saying, I have found the key, guys. It's the right number of Gucci belts. It's a right number of clothes or influencer, a right number of followers. And now, you know, I am happy. No, it, it really does boil down to purpose. And then everyone who reaches millionaire, it's mostly billionaire status, what do they do, Jawad? Start giving their money away. So mm -hmm. is it is it possible for us now to ask that question? What did we what are we preparing for ourselves? What are we doing for another person out there who we hear about? Oh, that person, they feel depressed. Am I doing ah uh, Am I doing the inner spiritual cleaning? The uh, Am I juicing my light, not just for myself, so that I can help others? And so to me, there's my purpose. There is my purpose. There is my discussion. Now, anyone who's like, I, they, they still told us, they're telling us all these things to become. I'm saying use, and Jawad, speak to the hero story and of every superhero. It came from a place of trauma whether it was uh, uh, Bruce uh, Wayne's parents or uh, uh, Uncle Ben or, or any of the scenarios that you see uh, from a trauma uh, mm -hmm. came the birth of this superhero. So are these, are these traumas with some great purpose in our life? Uh, I believe the scenario, the, the mythology is there to say you could either become one of thousands who, the millions, who gets lost in the grief and has, looks for an explanation or someone who channels it and, you know, mm -hmm. becomes the superhero. Live long yeah. enough to become the villain. <laughs> well, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and the heroics of it, obviously, is the, the choice you make to re of how you react um, and I think that that's the choice we, we always have with, with things like this is just like, how am I going to react? Um, and I think what you're saying about like, you know, investigate your own light and see if you're filling yourself up as a means of being able to help others. I think sometimes we think about that in too uh, didactic, like, you know, very obvious logical terms of I need to, uh, I need to learn more Quran from Wasam so I can spread Quran to others or whatever it is. And, and sometimes we think about that. It's just like, but you know, maybe I have a friend. Yeah. Pyramid, like a pyramid system. We see it like that. Yeah. And, and I think there's also this thing of like, um, I'm trying to like, you th like th this is not a straight goal to be able to just uh, like even serving others is somewhat intangible in that sense of just like, I'm trying to fill myself up with the spirituality and light and fix myself, fix my habits in a way that, because I, I think the alternative sometimes is that you have people who uh, may be religious, but we're still in this little bit of this compartmentalized thing in our head. And so you still deal with people sometimes where it's like, oh, no, no, but that's my cousin. We curse and we do these things to each other. And we, you know, I make fun of, like, we make fun of each other. It's just how we've always done it. And it's like, once a tragedy like this happens, it's just like, oh, snap, does anybody... You guys tell me your, your diagnosis so I can make sure how to, you know, tiptoe around you, whatever it is. And it's like, you, you can do that in reaction, inshallah, Allah bless your efforts, whatever it is. But at some point you have to say, I'm looking at myself in my life and saying, can I be better in every aspect with everybody I interact with all the time? Not just when I get the little, like when I get the briefing beforehand of this person's dealing with this, this, and this. And so therefore I'm not going to say this or make fun of this weight or make fun of like, can I just start being a, a human being who is not harmful to like I'm like on walking on the earth not uh, the hauna like I'm walking gently on the earth and I'm not causing harm to anybody in anything I do I work on the language that comes out of my mouth and the way I word things and whatever it is and when you do that I'll, I will say Wissam you have been a person like that for me in my life that I think has set an example for me that I feel like I've also heard from others in terms of the people who interact with me too of Wissam didn't take on Jawad as a project 
he didn't hone in on me and say, Hey, I'm going to take on you and train you and turn you into my Robin or whatever. Like with some, I was one of thousands of people he met. And when he met them, he pulled them in for a hug and made dua for them longer than they felt comfortable with. And in that way, put it, put that out there, but for everybody he interacted with, inshallah, he put that little thing. And that's a thing that I think I helped to take on of like, okay, it's just in every interaction, stop being nasty, stop being mean, stop worrying about, you know, can I do this here? Can I do this? Just stop, like, just emulate the light as, as much. And as like, and you have to fill yourself up for that. And you have to, and I've been in states like that where I like, and I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast that like in college, I was part of this group. We did sketch comedy, all non-Muslims. I was head writer of the, of the staff. At the end of my senior year, they made a video and everybody was like, wow, like the things they mentioned about me was not about my comedy writing or about my, like the things they mentioned about me were prophetic things that I tried my best to do where they were just like, no, no, Jawad, like listened to my ideas very strongly and made me feel like valued and special in this way. And I'm like, oh, that's just stuff I was trying to do all the time <laughs> as best I could. And I'm glad it kind of worked in that way so that now, alhamdulillah, I'm their opinion of what a Muslim looks like. And so if they ever explore, if they ever come back, like if, if anything happens with that, but I think right. we have to start accepting that you, and, and this is actually, and this leads into something I say a lot. And I did a, a leadership workshop a few years back and it's that idea of kullukum ra'in, uh, that every single one is a shepherd or a leader basically. And everyone will be mas'ul, everyone will be responsible and asked about their flock. And the yeah. big thing that I mentioned in this thing is that you do not get to choose your flock you don't get to choose who you're influencing. You don't get to choose who's looking at you and who's taking from you. So you are on all the time, but not in some, you know, I'm the youth leader way and I have to stop drinking, making hookah or whatever it is, or I have to hide from these kids when I want to do my own thing, or I'm not very allowed to sin. I have to be perfect all the time. No, no, no. Just understand you have an influence in this world. And if you work on yourself, it'll be positive. And if you choose to not, if you choose to keep trying to negotiate with these terms and say, I'm going to be good this time, but I'm going to eat the Dorito. I'm going to curse, but I'm going to say stuff like if you keep trying to negotiate these things and you're never going to turn into the type of person who can emulate this light and maybe be a, a little bit of a, a spark for someone who may be going through something. Can you say that again? Again, Jawad, like there, the, the, I, you spoke to me. You spoke to me on that. You, you yeah. can't become who you want with the touch and go forgiveness. Cause that, that you just answered the, why can't I just say a stuff for a lot? You could, you could say a stuff for a lot to everything, but you're going to be eating a Are you just worrying about yourself? Like, are you literally just worrying about basically almost getting into heaven? <laughs> like, yeah. Or are you it, trying to bring as many people as you can with you, man? As many people, as many people. Allahu Akbar, Kabira. I, 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 I wanted to, yeah, I wanted you to say it again. I wanted you to say that uh, it, 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 it takes a, a conscious idea to say, yes, God is the most forgiving and I'm not going to abuse the return policy. I'm going to enjoy the products. Mm -hmm. like I'm yeah. not, I could learn. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who loves this, uh, this chicken place here in Dallas <laughs> and he used to go so often. They literally like gave him a t-shirt and like when people go, they say like, he tells them, tell them Khan sent you <laughs> and they give him a discount. So like he's such a, he's such an ambassador for it that he's like almost an employee. And I think about that where it's just like, yo man, I learned about God's forgiveness. It's not just me in the night trying to make forgiveness. It's like, can we become the people who are just like, Hey, hey and did you know, Hey, God forgives come on, come over. Like, can you be that much of an ambassador? Can you wear a t-shirt of it? Like without getting paid by the musket? Like, I love that idea. I love that. By the way, plug the, is it, is it, is it a Perry Perry chicken place? It's a, a Ricky's Ricky's. If you know, uh, Ricky's hot chicken. Yeah. No, I have not had it. Now I'll have it. I think it's okay. Jawad. There's so many places where I can't say names. I feel like <laughs> we can say pretty much anything we want. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. None of you are listening, right? It's okay. No, meaning we could say whatever we want in terms of uh, products, and we yeah, can yeah. we can endorse. So uh, if Ricky's wants to send over some wings for <laughs> for our next podcast, we would love to. No, we. Uh, I just want to be able to plug people. Uh, that's my own mm -hmm. thing. I've, I've recently Jawad with with dealing with grief friends. There is a feeling of what can you share? What's good? Yeah. 
uh, you want to share what's good. So I keep thinking, am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> to bring us okay, to bring our to bring us all around full circle, though, friends. This is painful. This is a painful thing to deal with, and we want the unpacking to be lighthearted because that's how Jawad and I in our family are. My family sat mm-hmm. together and discussed this specific tragedy, and we spoke and we grieved. And at the end, it was there were jokes. Um, there, there were jokes uh, that made that were lighthearted, that made us smile at each other, and and that is where we pray. We're bringing us all right now. That if you sit in the darkness and say, "But I need an answer for this now," I, I think you may be in the dark for a while. Mm-hmm. But if you say, "Wow, that was a very big event in my life," and you you put it amongst the other things that have happened, and then you unpack it over time. I believe, I believe that's our first step of therapy. That is our first step of therapy. I believe on that 40th minute though, Jawad, it's important for us to um, sneak it into the middle to say, if you are currently taking medications for depression, uh, it's less likely that you're listening to two, uh, two fanatics uh, on a podcast, right? I don't think you, you would, but if you, anyone is t- presently working with a physician and or taking medications, Please make sure that no drastic decisions are made uh, because of something you heard, but you can work with a physician to taper off medications if you if you don't like what's happening. But we are not saying we're not anti-medication. We are definitely pro-therapy, counseling, lifestyle changes, and we are definitely pro-open the discussion that bullying may have been some like primal wolves and monkeys they you know mm-hmm. to, to to keep the the runt the 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 pack strong maybe you tease and bite ears uh but we we don't we don't we don't need that anymore <laughs> like we're good please stop uh bullying folks and th- saying that well if you really believed in allah then you would just read this dua and feel better and you shouldn't be depressed it's not islamic so that's the circle mm. that I want to come back now. Uh, Jawad, would you be able to, so we can take the lens off of the tragedy of now, we've been, we live in America. In America, we, ha- we have shootings and tragedies fairly often. Jawad, didn't you mm-hmm. speak to your students about this before? Didn't you have a class where you, sp- uh, Jawad was a teacher, elementary school teacher, and mm-hmm. didn't you have uh, to- middle, middle school, yeah. Excuse me, middle school yeah. and, uh, and above. Um, didn't you have a discussion with your students? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, specifically, I think we came to it, I think, in the in the text, actually, of this idea of uh, if, if one was to um, commit suicide and kind of had to, they understood the concept and it's very, it's it's sad how, how understanding they are of the concept of just like, oh, so if there's a school shooter, if there's just something happening. Um, but it came up and I remember it being in like textbook in a way where it's like, and this, you know, this concept of, of committing suicide, it leads to uh, Jahannam. It, it is something that because it's harming oneself and because it has these, these implications, it leads to hell. And it just it like and I think the, the textbook actually did an OK job of explaining. But I remember um, like honestly, just kind of like even uh, I forget, the, like I almost like flinched at seeing that in the textbook because I remembered that Sunday school answer that I heard when I was a kid uh-huh. and growing up, you know, not from the Muslim community, but just generally learning about suicide and learning about uh, counseling and the Sunday school answer though. So maybe a lot of them may not know, but it's a, it's mm-hmm. a very dry. Can you tell us about what was the school answer? You it's basically, if you kill yourself, you go to hell, which is what they used to tell us very straight up. And then they kind of moved on. And then I got a little bit older and I'm just like, Oh, killing oneself comes from a lot of different factors and causes there. People may be within a depressive state or maybe not in their right mind and end up being in these states and whatnot. And there's a difference between that and killing oneself. Like there are examples of process some time where it's like in, in battle or in war or whatever it is, people would, you know, commit suicide for like intentionally for certain reasons to be, you know, and yeah, to be martyred, to end the pain, whatever it is. But in terms of what we more commonly see among our friends, like in, in our area and in our, in our world today, this other thing of someone who, you know, is going through a, a, a difficulty and is, you know, not in their right state of mind and doing these things. And I had to clarify this to the students. I said, hey, listen, listen, any of you going through anything, whatever it is, if you ever are not in your right state of mind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 
more knowing of it than you and I, and therefore he judges and he will judge each individual individually. He will judge you according to what he knows of what you were struggling with and what you were dealing with. Exactly. And therefore, and, and then the other factor is, and by the way, this is like one of the only things that we literally say, if you do this, you go to hell. I mean, we say it for a lot of things when we're young, but I think we, we taper it off as we get older, but I think some people are still holding on to this answer for suicide. Yes. We carry that. I think this is the one where we still say it as adults of like, oh, if you do this, you go to hell, whatever it is. And the, no, what we need to learn is that we don't know who's going to hell and heaven, including ourselves. That we we don't know who is uh, going to, you know, we don't know the salvation of what one person's going to go through. And so therefore we don't make any judgments. We keep that quiet and we don't say anything on it. Um, uh, when it comes to this, we can mention actions, uh, but especially this topic. I mean, I feel like it got so... Um, it, it became such a thing where it, it almost felt like they were just like trying to deter it from us. Like it was a sin when we were kids <laughs> to say like, Oh, if you kill yourself, you go to hell. Uh, it's like, so therefore, you know, if ever you're feeling sad or you feel like you're going to go in that direction, remember hell, hell is a good motivator to stop you from this. And it's like, that is not a good motivator to stop you from this, you know? And I think you got it perfectly, Jawad, that, uh, and maybe we've unraveled the knot for a listener that the, if you put a uh, something inside of a vacuum and you have a test tube and then you say, uh, what if you take your own life? Well, the, the, the punishment for that is, you know, is X. Mm-hmm. That's in a vacuum. What about the 16 years of darkness and sadness? Well, what about the depression? What about the state that's not discussed? So I think that it's really important. It's really important for us to be able to say, uh, you know what? I am. I'm trying to conclude a point on <laughs> on not being depressed as I am shaking my finger at my daughter, and I think it's it's a uh, it's an oxymoron. Come on down, Jenna. Yes, <laughs> yes, Jenna. We're gonna uh, friends. We're gonna have oh, a little guest little guest spot. Yes, Dow Dow is eating allergy medicine, and I thought that to be appropriate, friends. I couldn't say a <laughs> sentence. I couldn't be like, you as, be- yeah, you're trying, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was like, keep your mouth. And then I was like, no, no, I'm not going to yell at them for, to say, oh my God, the, the uh, irony of keep your mouth shut. Everybody is loved. <laughs> Did, if you have suicidal, keep your mouth shut over there. So I thought it should be appropriate to say Dawood came in for some allergy medicine. Then his youngest, uh, then his younger sister came in to say he is taking that medicine. And that to me, that's to me is the first place. Parents, keep that door of communication open. Yes, yes, you might seem little unprofessional. I'd rather be, uh, oh, Wissam, he's just such a, he's such a dad. You know, he's such a always dadding. Sure, that I would like that title over anything else because purpose. Uh, but Jawad, if you would bring us full circle, because Jenna took me, uh, took my <laughs> thought and uh, she took it away. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right, because we were, I think we were connecting it back to, uh, within the discussions around the tragedy, that idea of, uh, and then that's why we didn't want to make a judgment on this incident in that way that I think some people uh, choose to, where it's like, okay, you know, here's the headline, here's the four buzzwords in the headline, and here's the rulings that correlate to that headline. It's like, we we want to come from a, yeah, yeah. we want to come from a more human perspective of just like, we're dealing with this, this tragedy, whatever it is. And so we want you to not have that be your first thought about like, Oh, you know, bing, bang, boom, who's going to hell, who's going to heaven. It's like, that's, we want to be able to approach life in a way in which, uh, you know, we're not trying to dissuade all and please keep in mind that we're not trying to dissuade the ruling of it. And we're not trying to say that it's incorrect in any manner, whatever it may be. We're trying to say that the ruling on an action in the vacuum of fiqh of the whatever it may be is different than me saying someone is actually going to heaven or hell right i don't sure. have that right yeah because right. i don't have that right to say or to pass a judgment we can say the rulings we can say the education as needed and honestly how needed is it for me like what bit like uh uh like from the perfection of one's faith is it is it my business to even worry about their akhirah beyond what i can make dua for like is is it really the, like 
you know, our business to go even delve too deeply into it. Um, I think sometimes we, we jump into things thinking just because they have Islam around it, that suddenly it's my business. It's like, oh, they were Muslim. So therefore, you know, we could talk about their akhirah. We could talk about their life. We could talk about every, we could delve into it and make, you know, statements and all these things. And it's like, no, there's very, like, what affects me is maybe what my child asked me. Like, what affects me is maybe, you know, how it affects my community? What do I need to do? Do I go to, you know, whatever it is. And you go in so much as it's needed. Um, Jawad, can, can please clarify, I'm going in with a warning here, clarify what I'm about to say. Can it not, can all, can all tragedies not become a excuse to uh, read every single article, know every single detail, hear mm-hmm. every single thing. It, the way we would tell a kid, oh, you're so, up, you know, you know every single detail about this show mm-hmm. or something. Is it not a way to miss the, how could I change myself? And Joad, tell me if it makes sense. Well, in order to not change myself, I'm going to build a wall of facts of why I'm not those people because I know all of these details. And so I'm not going to change anything about myself. I'm not going to see myself uh, in any growth because that's not me. Of course, I, I'm, I'm not. And that's, and that's another thing that I wanted to, to what, what we were thinking about when we were uh, kind of prepping to, to come onto the mic, it was, I want to make sure that we're not, and, and a lot of people approach this, but it's this idea of you don't take one incident to define some huge rule. You don't take one incident to say, I'm going to find out the details of exactly this incident. And then therefore I'm going to try to avoid every little detail of this incident. And it's like, no, 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 this is one incident that you heard because they happen to be your religion among your community, but you share a lot of details with a lot of other things. So you don't create some macro ruling on how you're going to live your life based on one incident that happened. It's this one thing happened and I'm going to react and, and, and you're going to, you have to fall back, honestly, in the values you believe in. Like you have to fall back and say, how do I interpret that within the, the scope of things? Is there anything I can change or adjust or grow or learn from, from this, but don't make this into uh, uh defining, so, like, don't make it bigger than it is. See it as it is not bigger than it is, or even, or smaller than it is. You see, see it as it is. And, and what is the measurement of the ultimate as it is? I'm going to meet my Lord. I'm going mm-hmm. to meet the one of whom we have been developing an opinion for the last 42 episodes, for the mm-hmm. last you know X number of episodes. We've been asking ourselves in good times of legacy and this is cool and Eid and fun, in tough times of death of dad and mother-in-law and in grief uh, in, uh, or in also in pandemic, in mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah still want to upgrade my opinion of source. And then finally, now in time of grief, this close to home. Uh, Jawad, you know roughly how far it would be from your house, that town? You know how, t- I, I don't I feel, even- I feel like it's even like only like 30 minutes away. Yeah, my sister yeah. said this to me yesterday. She said, I wish I could have just had them over for dinner. She goes, it's so oh, close. Wow. I just wish I could have had them over. And did just, you know, like- that's you can tell the personality mm-hmm. then of my sisters like just wow. one of dinner and fun and just everyone just meet my family it would have been enough it would have been enough like mm-hmm. yeah you know those sharifs let's live another day and mm-hmm. I, I liked the idea but she saw herself as a place of hope she said mm-hmm. that it just meant so much maybe it's your older yeah. when you sister says it everything sounds profound but i was like like yes we should have had them yeah. over and we could have just showed them a good time yeah and it, it, i mean it's the, honestly and i don't see this is i don't have an answer for this too but i also will bring up like in terms of tragedies and, and things of this sort i uh it, i recall i think it was about it, it's i think two or three years now um on the day of parkland and parkland was uh in my local community like on the day i think i was about 10 15 minutes away from parkland school and it was valentine's day with my fiance and then like her her cousin we were like just on just out having fun and then we start started to see the text and i actually had a a student of mine who was part of the he was he was there alhamdulillah he's he's alive and well but he was one who actually experienced and was part of the shootings in terms of uh barricading door and helping people and whatnot and i just remember that being that that it was so close to home and when my, and my wife she's a social worker she also did some some help and counseling in that area uh with the local community because the you know we had an islamic school was not too far away we knew the people knew their friends who were part of it and stuff and so i think being that close it's this idea of and especially and i think 
whenever you're afar from it, that's when you get, the farther you get from it, the more you start to see it as far away. Whereas empathy is this idea of seeing it as close, even if it wasn't necessarily in your backyard. But when it does happen in your backyard, when it does happen close by, when it hits close to home, that's, you take this moment to understand that this is uh, that moment of reflection, that moment of what am I going to do in response, you know, in response for my life and the people in my life, uh, you know, that type of thing. And utilize that to understand that every tragedy you hear of, every difficulty that happens from far away, all of that is close to someone and someone is 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 another is another person on on this path is another creation of Allah is another you know uh, brother and sister in humanity so all so so it basically leads to this idea if we should be having empathy and I think just to to hone in on one last thing you said too of I'm gonna find out all the facts and everything I think some people confuse this empathy thing with uh, I have to know everything about the news or everything about what's going on I think as we're saying see it as it is which is that balance that Islam is always that balanced middle ground. And I think so much about that when it comes to the incidents like these of Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a. Allah, please bless me with, and I ask you for beneficial knowledge. But the other dua that you introduced to me, and if I could ask, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'a. And Allah, please, I seek protection and refuge from knowledge that does not benefit. Allah. And so the and so the the bar is benefit, nafa'a. It's, am I like, Knowing about the tragedy is beneficial to understand what's happening and to reflect and do these things. So you should not be a person who's just like, I don't even look at the news anymore. I don't know anything is going on in the world. I don't know. Like, I can't even deal with that. I can't even, you know, whatever it is, because it's like, you're like, think of someone saying that to you when tragedy strikes you and your family. Like, think of someone saying, oh, I can't even like, look at the pictures. Like, I can't like. Think about that and understand that level of empathy you need to have to at least know what's going on. If something is happening and it's being discussed, you want to at least know enough, but then I seek protection from knowledge that does not benefit. Do I need to know what size of bullet? Do I need to know every little detail of what part of the house? And like, do I need to know all of that? And will it really benefit me? And you choose, you choose to make something beneficial also. So you, whatever you know, even if you heard just the headline or whatever it is, do you turn that into a dua? Do you turn that into a, uh, you know, as we're saying, if I, I only gave you one dua, one astaghfirullah, what you do with that is is how you benefit with it. And yeah. I could give you all the details and someone could not have mentioned Allah's name at all, having read 15 articles about this thing. And that was completely unbeneficial because mentioning Allah and reconnecting to that source is the point of life. It's It's what we're doing this for. And so have that understanding of there is a middle zone and everybody's going to have different num- levels of information that they're going to take in the the bar for whether what we want to have is is it going to benefit me and you have that choice to make it beneficial for you yes jawad and i i'm almost looking for you to shoot me down on this as we land this ship is it appropriate for me to then to say us like a one sentence of what we're referring to uh, you can, yeah, I think you can mention it just in case it's it's also maybe later time for someone or whatever it is. We could just mention uh, right. the broad details, yeah. Broadest details, and Jawad, you keep you can you know keep my uh, train going on track. Uh, Thirty minutes or so from where Jawad and I live, very close in one of the cities we live here in Texas, uh, two young Muslim men who were dealing with. Uh, years of depression and were also uh, taking uh, medication for that that was highly suicidal uh, tendencies for ages 17 to 25 and they were in that age range Um, it led them to their suicide recognizing that they would cause a lot of difficulty for their parents Uh, and I know this is a hard part to unpack why how they would think this much but they were like if we kill ourselves, our parents will be very sad. So their resolution was uh, uh, that they finished the lives of themselves and their family together. And um, uh, this was something, that's the scenario. Now, any more details, I gave you all the things that you need to know. Yes, there was medication. No, they weren't crazy. They weren't weren't bad. They weren't one-off kids. Um, But depression is real. And the only thing that I would like to add, and that's my whole description, Joel, I think I, it's a fair job. The only description I would like to add is the one person, uh, the person wrote it, writing the letter who took his life said, um, my friends did not know how to, uh, what it meant to um, have a like depressed friends. 
Yeah, how yeah. to be friends. Thank you. How to be friends with a depressed friend. And I ended up getting shunned. And that shunning led me to... Uh, and I, I got kicked out of uh, kicked out of my with my roommates, and that that to me. So if you as a listener are like, well, well, what can I do? Don't learn more about the story. Learn more about yourself and how you can be less toxic. You don't mm. need to be making jokes and fun, but you can be more loving and more caring. So in a time where it was like Islam, Muslim, American, America. Like all those, ver- all those words were put together because it was a mix of all of that, right? They're Muslim. They love their par- and culture, the culture of loving mm-hmm. your family so much. Um, and I will say, uh, just so you could say, uh, they wrote in their letter that they believe the hardest part of their uh, uh, plan, which it was concocted, uh, would be to acquire the firearms and they themselves, which is a very pointing thing to have written this. They were like, and that turned out to be the easiest thing, um, you know, hinting towards gun control. So it's it's so clear. I'm sorry to take us off topic. It's so clear that something needs to be done. But I, I, I myself could spin this. I know now I've watched enough NRA stuff. I know how to spin this. Uh, so friends let us do the best i hope that we gave you the information but let's land this plane on the idea that we have got we were going to have to do it at some point but we learned to grieve together today and with that i will say there is no there's no easy answer okay everyone be happy now and now we will land our plane and we will grieve and you will be okay with not going on to the next entertainment, to not seeing the next clip, the next NBA, the next Thor, the next uh, movie scene, YouTube. You're going to sit and say, wow, maybe this grief is allowing me a momentary thought gap from the endless stream of entertainment so that I can rethink who I am and where I'm heading. And that to me, Jawad, is a place where we can land this uh, over to you, co-pilot. This was a beautiful thing, Jawad. I, d- I didn't know more than any other podcast how it would happen. And I knew I was like, we're joking folks. We're jovial folks. Mm-hmm. So would we come off? But I respect you, Jawad. Today, I will say I respect you and I honor you in your uh, gentlemanness in carrying. That's not a word. In your, <laughs> in your, in your, um, your demeanor the way that you carried yourself as a gentleman in today's conversation was beautiful. Arc love. I think this is a, a, a good spot for us to conclude. And I think that um, one thing you mentioned when it comes to uh, the kind of the culture within our families is such that we discuss these things. And then when you kind of discuss them and go through them, uh, you do end sometimes in, in this laughter, in this type of, uh, you know, you do get to a state where there is some joy and happiness to be had. And I think that what we advocate for is that processing does can lead to that joy because because of the processing that is not a and this sounds like a weird phrase but we don't believe in just joyless joy like joy for joy's (laughs) sake of just like oh just put a band-aid on it don't talk about bad things don't talk about no no lean in and understand like catharsis feels amazing of actually processing (laughs) the the emotions because it comes because that's the thing is that everything else is avoidance and avoidance never feels great avoidance is always something's lurking around the corner waiting for me to process and deal with and you do that a day you do that a month you do that a year you do that several years it gets built up and so we approach these things as a means of saying hey i need to take whatever time you need to process and get through that and it can lead to a point a place of joy a place of hope uh, but in a way that's not hollow, in a way that has been filled by, you know, including both the the grieving part of it and also uh, the next steps, you know, what is my next steps? What is my moving forward part of it? Because Allah chose me to be here now listening to this and Allah chose them and others to not be here. So what am I, and I remember the sentiment I wanted to bring up, uh, I know it's posted on Ramadan in this podcast, but I was thinking now, cause we're in a state where we're entering Ramadan inshallah um, soon. Uh, but the, the sister who passed away, who was, uh, who was found dead, uh, sister Nabla, uh, a couple of Ramadans ago. Um, she, I remember thinking about that tragedy and thinking about also New Zealand a couple of years back, like these things keep happening around Ramadan sometimes. And, I remember, I think I posted this and I had this thought process of Allah didn't 
Allah didn't put me in their scenario or their situation. What is like, so what do I do with the fact that Allah, like Allah gave them their ending and my ending is yet to come. So what am I doing to be able to not just justify or whatever it is, but it's also just like, so what did Allah choose me for? Can I figure that out? Can I do, do it more? Can I, can I do better before Allah chooses my end for me? And can I, can I work toward that basically? And so I think that's uh, uh, the question that comes up for me when these types of things is, is where is Allah in this scenario and where am I going to put myself, you know, moving forward? And, and then we can, conc- we conclude on the words uh, uh, of Surah Fatiha. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين May God accept it from us. Friends, have a beautiful Amen. afternoon and evening. Jawad, thank you so much for today. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you for listening. To support this and other projects and get access to exclusive series and content, support us monthly by visiting patreon.com slash wissam sharif. Jazakumullah khair.